Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Romans 12 and 15. It's going to do whatever God wants it to do. This is, this was difficult for me. Very difficult. You'll see why in a minute. Romans 12, 15. Uh, I want to thank Minister Freeman for leading us in our responsive reading. So you've read verses 9 through 21. I want to put the spotlight on verse 15. Verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. I want to raise the question, are you going to shout or cry? Are you going to shout or cry? At the recent Oscar celebration, comedian Chris Rock cracked a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair. Jada's husband, Will Smith, was sitting next to her. Didn't seem to be too bothered by Chris Rock's joke until there was this look from Jada. Will, now outraged, then proceeded to the stage and slapped Chris Rock. Some have referred it to the slap heard around the world. He returned to his seat and continued his rage with a rant telling Chris Rock to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. That's the clean version. Will didn't seem to be too bothered until there was this look from Jada. I suppose Will took his cues for how to react and maybe even how to feel from his wife. Until she had this look, he didn't seem to be too bothered by the joke. After Jada's look, though, he was definitely outraged. So my question is, did Will take his cues from Jada in that moment? Did her look influence how he responded or even how he felt about Chris Rock's joke? I ask this because we need to take a close look at where we as followers of Jesus get our cues. Who or what influences our responses to the issues we face? Who or what gives us our cues and influences whether we're amused Indifferent, slightly bothered, offended, or outraged at the happenings in our lives, like the Supreme Court's reversing Roe versus Wade. Do we get our cues from Jesus? Do we get them from the streets? Do we get our cues from the world, politics, conservatives, liberals, 
the media, CNN, or Fox, the Constitution, the Bible, or do we get our cues from nowhere and simply draw our own unbiblical and uninformed conclusions and keep it moving? From where do we get our cues? Who or what influences how we feel or respond, or respond to an issue like the Supreme Court reversing Roe versus Wade and abortion? Because of their ruling on Friday, states can now outlaw abortions and contraceptives. States can now, as some are saying, force women to carry their babies until birth. That's one of the narratives floating around. Force women. Force, force women. Forced to carry their babies until birth. Forced or free to carry the baby or privileged to carry the babies. Some well-meaning, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving and Jesus-following people are rejoicing over the decision. Simultaneously, there are some well-meaning, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving and Jesus-following people who are weeping over the decision to reverse Roe versus Wade. What do we do? How shall we respond? Should the people of God rejoice with other saints who are rejoicing or weep with other saints who are weeping over such a decision to turn abortion rights over to the states in America knowing that some states are going to make it illegal and even criminalize it? I know some of you may be thinking it's, it's simple. It's a black and white issue. To me, it's not so simple. It's not so black and white. Yesterday, let me say this. First, I, I get most of my news from CNN. CNN, NPR. I'm, I lead a little, little more to the left, but at the same time, I'll watch Fox to see what the other side has to say. Not so that I can listen to both sides and develop the conclusion I'm going to draw. So yesterday I'm watching Fox and they showed Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee out of Texas holding a press conference. Uh, before, uh, so I watched her first. She has the stage full of all these women and a couple of men. These women are OBGYNs midwives, uh, a woman from Planned Parenthood, and a couple of men, and some people representing the LBGTQIA community. Some of these OBGYNs stepped to the mic and talked about the horror stories they've experienced of women giving birth and the complications that that can arise in not only in pregnancy, but even birthing a child. One OBGYN, uh, I think she's either OBGYN or pediat pediatric uh, surgeon, something of like that, but she delivers babies. She, she talked about how if a woman is with, with the, she said the way this law is now written, 
If a woman is giving birth and she's bleeding and we can't stop the bleeding and she's on the verge of bleeding to death, she said, I can't touch her. The way this law is written, if a woman is, 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 is about to die giving birth, she said, there's nothing I can do. Another OBGYN comes right behind her, says the same thing. Now we're hands off. Things that we could do to provide medical care for women who are experiencing life-threatening issues with pregnancy and delivering the baby. She said, legally, there's, now our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. I was yesterday years old when I heard of uh, a tropic, I got it in here somewhere to take me too long to find it, ectropic pregnancy, ectopic, pe ectopic pregnancy. That's where, y'all correct me if I'm wrong now, that's where when the, the baby is in the fallopian tube and not made its way to the womb and can result in bleeding and is a life-threatening reality for that mom and that baby. But now it appears that it's up to the states whether or not they will allow medical attention to include abortions when it comes to those types of pregnancies. So that was Sheila Jackson Lee and all these women on the stage with her. A few minutes later, Fox News showed conservatives responding to Roe versus Wade. While Sheila Jackson Lee and her crowd, they're weeping, they're they're, they're saddened by the conclusion that's been drawn, by the ruling. Now these conservatives, mostly white, who's at this particular event, they're rejoicing over the ruling. They're, they're talking about it's a prayer finally answered. Um, they're just person after person coming to the mic. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful day for our country. We fought for this for so long, for so hard. They're, they're rejoicing. Conservatives rejoicing, liberals weeping. Where do we get our cues from? Who, who helps us shape our perspectives and help us draw the conclusions we're going to draw? Paul told the Romans, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Am I going to shout? Am I going to cry? Uh, I want to examine quickly the context of this 15th verse. Verse 9, he said, don't, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. In verses 9 to 21, in fact, you go back up to the first verse and uh, following where he begins to talk about spiritual gifts and how we are anointed and gifted to serve one another. That's why, that's why we have spiritual gifts, to serve one another. Pastor Dupree, always good to see you. We're gifted, we're anointed by God to serve one another, to help one another, to support one another, to provide, to be a resource for one another. Then he says, hate what is wrong. Hate what is, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Rejoice in our confident hope. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Uh, don't curse them. Pray that God 
will bless them. He's, he's giving exhortation to help us as the people of God build a community where you can easily, readily find help, support, resources, uh, so that no matter what you're going through in life, no matter, no matter what situation you're facing, you're, you're not in that situation alone. You have help. You have resources. You, you have some peoples. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Uh, this word is to empower us as followers of Jesus to build community where we support one another, help one another. Then he also said, um, as he said, hate what is wrong, but what if we don't agree on what is wrong? Was what happened Friday wrong? Was it, was it good? Was it, was it evil? Then he says, be patient in trouble. Be patient in trouble. Does that include trouble like carrying a baby after you've been raped? Or molested by a family member. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Oh, we found out we're pregnant. Oh, I'm so happy for you. We know you've been trying to have a baby. We're pregnant. The baby is due in March. Oh, we're so happy for you. We're so happy. We rejoice with those who rejoice. Then we weep with those who weep. Your testimony, she was rushed to the hospital because she's bleeding. She's having an ectopic pregnancy, but... Because of how the new laws are written after the reversal of Roe, the doctors can't do anything for her, and she may bleed to death. Is abortion wrong? Is it wrong regardless of the circumstances surrounding it? Should it be an issue of women's health, women's rights, a woman's autonomy over her body? Where do we get our cues on this? The Constitution? Conservatives, liberals, the church, the Bible. I'm trying to get my cues from Jesus. Amen. As I look at him, my answer is, it depends. Is abortion wrong? My, my response today is, it depends. I'm free to develop my conclusions. And there are some issues that are not black and white and require time, watch this, to seek the Lord, to seek the scriptures, and listen to stories. I'm intrigued by how Sheila Jackson Lee had, had people on the stage who came and shared stories as to why they believe abortion should be allowed at least in certain instances. They had stories. The conservatives had no stories. I didn't hear not one story. I think we ought to listen to the stories as we honor the scriptures, as we, as we honor science that can help us embrace what is good and hate what is evil. I'm, I'm re-examining what James tells us in James 1.19. James said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Quick to listen. I wonder how many of us draw conclusions on 
serious matters that can be a matter of life and death when we ain't listened to nobody. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to articulate your position. Slow. If you haven't listened to the science, you may want to be slow to speak. If you haven't listened to anyone's testimony who, 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 was, who was at the brink of death until, at the brink of death delivering a baby until, until medical, medical officials helped them to survive. I, I, think, I, I, I think we may want to be slow to speak and slow to get angry. On the one hand, we must consider the following. I want you to look at this. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I want you to see this. And this may be one other scripture we're going to look at and I'm done for today. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. When you have found 1 Corinthians 6, 19, let me hear you say amen. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. Watch this. So you must honor God with your body. Is that what your Bible says? Something like that, whatever version you have. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. Whether your body is a pregnant body, whether your body is a not pregnant body, you must honor God with your body. That's the word of God. Amen. We as followers, followers of Jesus get our cues from him. Yet, please consider that we must honor his heart as we apply his word. Let's get our cues from Jesus as much as possible. Honoring God with your body, watch this, is not only for pregnant women, but the men who get them pregnant. Dads, honor God with your body. Keep your hands off your daughters. Uncles, honor God with your body. Keep your hands off your nieces. I thought I'd get a couple more amen. More amens than that. Mama's boyfriends, honor God with your body. Keep your hands off your girlfriend's daughters and sons. What would Jesus say to a little 12 or 13-year-old girl pregnant with their, with their daddy's baby or their uncle's baby or their mama's boyfriend's baby? Would Jesus force them to carry the baby till birth? To be honest, and I've wrestled with this. I, I, wasn't, talk, I wasn't touching this at all. I... I, I I can't help but address it. And it's difficult to stand before people addressing something where you're, you're developing. You're developing your perspective. You're developing your conclusion. You're developing your stance on it. I recognize I'll never become pregnant. 
I recognize I'll, I'll never have to make that decision for myself. But I wonder what I would do if, if one of my daughters had some medical complications and was given a choice. Listen, if you continue to carry this baby, it is very likely you are going to die. You terminate the pregnancy, you, you enhance the chances of your living and surviving this pregnancy. I, I don't know what you would tell your daughter. I'm not, I'm, I don't know what you would tell your daughter. I would tell mine, baby. Pray and make a decision. Whatever you decide, I'm behind it. Because, of course, I'd want my daughter to live. I think you would, too. And it's not a matter of faith. If I tell her, listen, you, you seek God and you, you make your decision. I don't know what... What Jesus would say to a 12 or 13, 15, 18 year old girl impregnated by her daddy or her uncle or her or, or her mama's boyfriend. I don't know what Jesus would say to her in regards to abortion. I know what Jesus would say to the Negro who knocked her up. I know what Jesus would say to her daddy if he got if he was if he was messing with her at night. I know what Jesus would say to her mama boyfriend if her mama boyfriend was messing with her. I know what I know what Jesus would say to her older brother, her uncle, who who, who wouldn't stop touching her and it escalated from a touch to a touch. Amen. Men honor God with your body, your whole body. Honor God with your body. Turn to John 8, and I think I'll wrap it up with this. Here's why this issue is difficult for me. Here's one, here's one reason why from the scriptures, John chapter 8, verse 1. John chapter 8, verse 1. Here's, here's one scripture that makes it difficult for me to understand, discern, articulate the heart of God regarding abortion. John 8, starting at verse 1. Amen. What's that noise? I hear some. No, I hear some talking. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Now, we don't know whether she was pregnant. But she was caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher? They said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. Leviticus 20 and 10 explicitly states, if a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the man and the woman who have committed adultery must be put to death. Leviticus 20 and 10. It's explicit. Once again, verse 5, the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. 
If Jesus said, yeah, go on and stone her, go on and execute her, they could bring him before the Roman government and put him up on charges with them. If he said to not stone her and leave her alone, then they know that he's, he's going against their understanding of the law and they could, they could basically verify or confirm he's a bootleg preacher and ain't nobody got no business following him. And we're going to deal with him ourselves. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. Jesus on the ground writing. They kept, come on, what, what you got to say? I know, say something. What, you, what do you have to say? I know you have a position on this. You, what, what, what you got to say? So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Let the one, he said, all right, as if to say, yep, that's what the word says. But let the one who was without sin cast the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. Beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up and again said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Jesus did not say, that's what the word says. The word is the word. So, yeah, you got a stoner. Plain and simple. Plain and simple is in black and white. Got a stoner. She got caught. Yeah, got a stoner. That's not what he said, though, is it? He did not say, go get the man too, both of them. According to the law, both, both of them. B-O-F-F-U-M, both of them. Both of them got to get stoned. Go get the man, stone both of them. That's what the, the word is the word. I'm sticking with the I'm standing on the word. He didn't talk like a bunch of us talk. What did he say? Let he who is what? Let he who is what? Without sin, do what? Cast the first stone. You know what? The Lord showed me yesterday. None of the men were without sin, so they dipped. But Jesus is without sin. He could have grabbed a rock and started the whole thing. Think about that for a minute. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, can't none of y'all do it, but I can. I'm standing on the word. Matter of fact, I'm God in the flesh. I am the word. I said that in Leviticus 20 and 10. I'll get the whole party started. I said it. I'm going to stand by what I said because I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. I'll get the party started. I'll get the first rock. That's not what he did. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why didn't he grab the first stone? Why not? Okay, so we may say, uh, well, you know, they were trying to trap him. That's why he didn't try. They were trying to trap him. Good to see Keith Bracey. Keith and Iris came all the way down from the ATL to surprise us. Love you all, man. I'm intrigued. I just saw this yesterday. Why didn't Jesus get, grab the first rock and start the party? Doesn't this say something about the heart of God? Doesn't it? Shouldn't it 
shouldn't it alarm us, alert us, and stop all of us who respond to this abortion issue with what the Bible says? The Bible says now, I mean, I'm, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, can't none of y'all do it. I'll, I'll get the party started. Give me a rock. Hell, ain't had no business doing that. You know better. I'm a stone. I'll get this party started. A couple of y'all go get the man. This exposes the merciful, gracious. I wish I heard that. What, what was that? Tell me later. Say what now? Yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of people say. It was probably one of them. That's what a number of people say. But still, Jesus, Jesus did not condemn her. I bring this story up because it challenges me to be careful in how I interpret and apply the word of God in some real life, real difficult situations. Now, for a lot of us, the situation is black and white. She got caught, she gets stoned. If we don't stone her, who knows what God is going to do to our community. We could bring curses upon the community. The community, we, we need to honor the word of God. Yes, yes, we must honor the word of God. We must have a high regard for the standards of holiness laid out before us in the word of God. We must. We can't say, yeah, the Bible says so and so, but. Why didn't Jesus pick up the first stone and start the party? We don't know. All we do know is he didn't execute her. He didn't lead the effort in her execution. He knew what the, what the scripture said. He is the scripture. <laughs> he is the word of God. He's God in the flesh. Was he disobeying the word of God? Was he disobeying his own word? Or was he trying to show them what a lot, what maybe a lot of us need to understand that in a, in a number of these situations, mercy and grace and compassion has to help us understand the heart of God and interpret and apply the word of God. And I want to submit this for your consideration and I think I'm, I'm going to give you some takeaways and I'm done. Verse 11 Verse 10, he asked, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, neither do I. I do not condemn you. I don't condemn you. I, I see how Jesus, the word of God, with a very high regard for the standards of holiness of the heavenly father, because he said, my, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. That's... That's what drives me. That's what nourishes me. That's, that's who I am. That's what I'm all about. Pleasing the Father. Are y'all with me? But he shows us how God is concerned about the person. And I think sometimes the church, we can be so guilty of, of having a high regard for the word and overdo it. 
and have no regard for the person. He sees this woman as a person. He honors her. Even in her, even, even despite what she's got caught doing, he, he honors her as a person. I don't condemn you either. Isn't that something? I don't condemn you either. Watch this. Listen, listen. I don't condone what you did either. I don't condone what you did either. Go. Go on about your business and have a great day. Is that what he said? Go, go, go on and, well, ain't nobody perfect. No. Go and sin no more. What you did was sin. That's, that's another discussion we don't like to have. I made a mistake. No, baby, you committed sin. You committed sin. We don't like to call stuff sin unless somebody else doing it. They do it as sin. I do it. I made a mistake. They do it as sin. I did it. I gave in, I gave in to my weakness and ain't nobody perfect. And can't nobody judge me but God. The devil is a liar and you want to. Go and sin no more. I just see a regard for the person. Yeah, I know what the word says. I know, I know, I know what the word. Let, let me get these dudes off you. Let, let me, let me, let me, let's, let's, let me show how I have a regard for your life. Let me show Jesus, Jesus says, Jesus demonstrates what it means to be pro-life. <laughs> pro-life. She should have died that day. Jesus said, let me show you what pro-life is. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you live. You should have died. I'm going to let you live. That's pro-life. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you live. Was Jesus demonstrating that God's word isn't to be taken seriously and that it's okay to disobey God's explicit commands sometimes? No. No. Paul raised a question in Romans chapter 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. Hex. No. 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 No, that's not the way we think. That's not the way we live. No, no, no. If abortion should be allowed in certain instances, what are some examples of those instances where abortion should be allowed? I meant to get some more information. There's a story that I read in the, in the Atlantic about Savita Halepinaver. She's in a foreign country, apparently. Um, where she, she, she has a story of where her pregnancy got complicated and she almost died if it had not been for the intervention of, of modern medicine. She would have died if her pregnancy was not terminated. But it has details. It's an interesting story. Here's some takeaways. I'm done. I'm done being done for now. Number one, get your cues from Jesus and the word of God. Get your cues from Jesus and the word of God. Got to do that. Got to do that. Here's the second thing I want to leave you with. Some conclusions we draw 
require patient development. Some conclusions we draw require patient development. Some conclusions we draw require patient development. Let's take our time developing our conclusions. Should abortion be banned in some instances? Yes. A woman having consensual sex, getting pregnant, and then decides she don't want to have a baby. I don't know if abortion, I don't know if, listen, I don't know if God would be pleased with abortion in that instance. That's the issue. Would God be pleased? Woman's life threatened, life in danger. Should, would God be pleased terminating the, present, the pre pregnancy in that instance? Hard for me to say. Hard for me to say that he would not be. Here's the third thing. Honor, this goes for all of us. Honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. Men and women, honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. To any of our brothers who are, who are engaged in inappropriate touching, inappropriate, uh, any kind of inappropriate sexual activity with, with, with anyone, you need some help. Get some help. Get some help. Honor God with your body. Then finally, do we shout or do we cry at the recent ruling from the, from the Supreme Court? Do we shout or do we cry? Maybe both. Maybe both. Shout that unborn babies can live, but at the same time cry in instances where women will need, they'll need health care that they, depending on the state in which they live, they may not be able to get it. Amen. Amen. Just stand with me. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.